We are live. <laughs> That's it. We're live, right? I don't know why I'm sad and tired. Because <laughs> you're a parent. <laughs> Well, it doesn't help that you just had a nap. Waking up from a nap is always <clears throat> jarring. Who has a nap at 8.30 at night? Ramras. Steeping my tea. I feel like we're much closer today. Move back a bit. Sure, do what you want. It's a free country. But is it? Okay. Hi, Krishna, everyone. Um, just waiting for more people to join. Oh, no more. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So... <clears throat> Look who we have the most the most um, popular person to talk to on this podcast. On it's not even a podcast. On on this live, the infamous, the one, the only, Josh Wolf. Okay, um, for for all of us who <laughs> for all for all of us who. Um, Join last time. We're gonna have uh, time constraints for. Um... Why do I keep moving this? And you're like, keep moving. Can you just stay still? <laughs> Can you just stay, stay still, please? I'm here. I stay still the whole time. I'm like cranky for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> to go back to sleep. Okay. And, um, and also, one of one of our kids is still awake. So. Yeah, that's also worrying for me. <laughs> Can't be on here forever. Okay. Let's talk about this newest ISKCON news article that just came out. Let's put this here. Let's put this here. Okay. This is not about child abuse. It's not about child abuse. This is about... Initiation. Initiation, guruship. Faith. Faith. Okay. Uh, for those of you who haven't read that, read this, this is on iskonnews.org. This is the second. Oh, don't get me started about the last. Do you see the last thing that just came out from Iskon News? GBC pauses Vaishnavi Diksha gurus again. That's like a whole other topic, but let's talk about uh, this I, first. I want to ask who who is the Iskon? Well, Iskon News staff is not G GBC, so. They have like a different opinion. Right? I'm not sure exactly how it works. Because it's like they are the official news agency of the International Society for Christian Consciousness. But a, a, a title like pauses it again. <laughs> yeah, it's like not it's in like, the best. It's like, we're not happy about this, but, but we're going to tell, tell you about you it. <laughs> I'd like to know like how much control the ISKCON news team has over how they report their um iskon news because yeah i mean no news no news outlet is um not biased right so yeah, yeah anyway okay so um maybe we should read well, it well so the previous one is also related to this because it's also about controlling guruship 
and limiting people's yeah, let's, access let's, to gurus. And exactly. Like let's so. let's share this. <laughs> Guru Nasidu, stop messaging me. I'm I'm on a live chat right here. Live live. Uh, I can't even talk. Okay. You need to have like a dexterous tablet or something. What does that mean? Glucose tablet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the BBC further restricts on near Jaisha Vabudas or fast forwarding. Okay. Okay. This is where my issue is. Okay. I agree with everything here. Well, I don't agree with everything here, but let's let's just go to the, the part that made me fall off my chair here. <laughs> If such an initiation was before February 2007, those devotees are advised to seek spiritual guidance from senior devotees in ISKCON and continue serving within ISKCON as they have been doing. They continue to be initiated devotees in ISKCON in the line of Srila Prabhupada with the full privileges and responsibilities thereof. Stop there. Stop there. First of all, what, do, do, what privileges do... Iskon and responsibilities to Iskon devotees who are in the line of Srila Prabhupada get. That's what I want to know. Which is not afforded to people who are who were initiated after this, uh, you know. Right. Situation. Okay. Okay, continue. If anyone if any of those devotees choose to seek reinitiation from a guru in good standing in Iskon, either now or in the future, they are welcomed and encouraged to do so. In such a circumstance, devotees should seek further guidance from their local ISKCON authorities and GBC. Let's check some audio settings here. Okay, we're all good. Okay, now here's the kicker. If such initiation occurred after February 2007, the date that Anir Desha Das was prohibited from initiating, those devotees are strongly advised to seek initiation from an ISKCON guru in good standing, hold it, hold it, as their current initiation status has no standing in ISKCON. What? What does that even mean? They need like a Bhagavad Gita quote to back that statement. This, this is not a library card that was expired. <laughs> that was like, my joke. <laughs> well, yeah, that was a good joke. So we were just talking about this yesterday and we were just really kind of baffled as to how you can say that someone's initiation is like initiation status like how is initiation a status initiation is a state of mind and a, and a promise to your guru uh, and, and obviously okay if your guru is not in good standing anymore it doesn't mean that those promises that you made are not valid anymore because ultimately, what's the purpose of the guru? The, the guru is to connect you to our lineage and to, uh, and to um, connect you to Krishna. So if they're not connecting you to Krishna anymore, you can still be connected to Krishna, uh, you know, through other people. We're not just, you know, one, one-sighted kind of thing. But I just think it's, it's a bit silly to, <laughs> to be telling people that, oh, your faith you know, has to stop now because, and, and you're not initiated anymore. Like what about people who've been initiated for years and years doing deity worship and all this kind of stuff? Like, what does that mean for them? Are they now not initiated and they have to um, take initiation again before they can continue their services? Like it's not even practical. Yeah. It's like a constant gross 
like overreach of I mean, okay, let's just let's just preface all this like we're members of ISKCON and we want to make it better and we want to hold the space. So it's we not can just about bashing the GBC, but no, we no, just it's not want about to, that, you know, clarify like this should not be something that <clears throat> the GBC has to comment on, really, because it's... like if they didn't say anything about about that would have been better. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't see who it helps. Like, I want to know the thinking behind having to make that statement. Like, we were discussing that, well, maybe it's an effort to kind of control a, a, a group of disciples that, okay, we don't want your influence if you're still, you know, following your group. We don't want your influence in ISKCON kind of thing. So we're going to nullify your initiation until you, you fall in line with the ISKCON gurus who are... Um, rubber stamped in good in good, good standing. standing not that you know we're not we're not debating what good standing is or whether the guru was in good standing or not we're just saying that it shouldn't be on the disciples head to carry the weight of a guru's fall down and like like the disciples who were who were you know initiated after 2007 or something like they literally didn't do anything and then they're being told that they're in that they don't their initiation is not valid in iskon what does that even mean like what does it mean that your initiation is not valid in iskon whatever what happened to well I, what why is there a third party uh basically coming in between the guru and disciple relationship it's shastically it makes no sense there's no backing in shastra for that where does it say that a third managerial party will be brokering my relationship with my guru? Where does it say that? Right. I think, you know, just playing devil's advocate, they were, you know, he was banned from giving initiation, obviously, around that, that time. So maybe if the disciples were aware that he was not meant to take give initiation at that time, they were going against the kind of uh, GBC ruling or whatever. So I understand that they're like, he was not meant to give initiation, so those people who got initiation should never have got initiation. But the fact is, they did in good in 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 um, what's it with good faith, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it should still be on the disciples that they have to bear that weight of like, okay, now I'm not initiated. Yeah, and like we were we were talking about. You know, in the 70s and 80s, there were a few major, um, you know, big guru fall downs uh, with a lot of um, different communities affected. And many of those devotees didn't get reinitiated or, you know, and so many did. But like, why is it, you know, if, if they didn't have to get reinitiated and they managed to find a place within their community and accepted and everything like that, why is it now that People are, I mean, encouraged to get reinitiated. Uh, well, these people after 2007 have to get reinitiated, basically. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is that that devotees are actually believing this, that in the sense, if you don't have a guru that's, I keep using this this phrase rubber stamped. I'm right. just going to explain that a little mm -hmm. bit. What we mean that if the if the GBC and ISKCON says that this person is an ISKCON guru, then they are a guru. This whole issue connects with everything that we find in ISKCON today as far as issues in, in regards to female diksha gurus. Now female diksha gurus have been rescinded or whatever it is. And now the, 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 the you know, for example, Narayani Mataji, who give initiation already, now she's not allowed to initiate anymore. 
which to me is a ridiculous point because if you thought that someone was qualified to give initiation and they haven't done anything to not become qualified, how how can you just take take it back? Simply, be like, simply because people uh, devotees from the GBC can't agree on something, they're 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 saying, okay, now we're taking that away just because we can't agree on it. And we don't care if you can agree with it or not. The thing is, it probably has nothing to do with them in the part of the world that they're from. Like, let people locally do what they need to do to feel inspired and connected to Krishna consciousness with the resources that they have and that, that, that they want to use, which if their local guru is a Grihasta guru, if their local guru is a female guru, if their local guru is not even a guru, but they're, they're, they're like guiding them in some way, let them have faith and, and follow that person. You know, it, it's like Bhagavad Gita one, no Bhagavad Gita. What is it that you can take disciples all, all over the world? If you, yeah. Uh, nectar of instruction, right? Yeah. Um, um, right? Yeah, yeah. Vajavegam, you know, it's very stated very clearly what are the qualifications of a guru, and it doesn't say who, you know, it doesn't make any spe other specifications. So that should be what we're following, not, oh, okay, they have to jump through these hoops and they have to be over a certain age and they have to be this gender or that gender. It's just like. And for, and for female females, it's even like there's even more hoops to jump through so to say certain you have to be a certain age you have to you know not be you know i don't even know what they are it's like i made that meme the, that lady it's like by the time they're an old grandma now you can give initiation you can take a disciple now all right let's get you to bed yeah yeah so i i just think that trying to control people's faith is a really dangerous and kind of um like communist is that the right word not, maybe not yeah. communist but dictatorship like a dictatorship right yeah you can't stop people's faith you can't control where people what what people have faith in i was talking to gorkesha prabhu about this he messaged me i don't know if you all know gorkesha prabhu's propad disciple um you know old school uh and you know does all the rituals and stuff it's really um really thought this stuff through and kind of is a knows like he's a he's a critic and in, in in his own right and uh and i was talking to him he made some really good points i'm gonna read some of this uh how are the gbc qualified if it takes them 15 years to finally come to the conclusion that he has to be dealt with and then punish his disciples for things beyond their control the GBC failed to act in a timely manner and have now invalidated dictions of persons who in good faith accepted that the persons they appointed are fit to give initiation. Unsashta guru by vote must stop, must stop system has to, oh, sorry. Unshastra guru by vote system. Must stop, has to be stopped in ISKCON. There's no Shastric basis or basis in Srila Prabhupada's teachings for this wrong system. The result is simply overreach and mismanagement by the GBC in which, uh, sorry, which is wholly unshastric. If Gorkesha Prabhu is listening, if you want to come on, Prabhu, just message me. I don't know if, I don't know where you are. I think you're in Hawaii or something. Yeah, I think. Um... It just makes a mess of the whole thing. Like. I, I like the point that you were saying earlier about 
um, for some people, they are scared or they don't want to go against the grain for fear of being rejected from ISKCON as a society. So they'd rather leave the, you know, rubber stamping, as you say, to the GBC and be like, okay, we're just going to stay within these uh, parameters. Right. Okay. Yeah. That's a good point. Let me, let me um, unpack that a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. So it puts the responsibility of finding a bona fide guru on uh, it takes away that responsibility from the dis prospective disciple and puts it on someone else, i.e. the GBC. The GBC will tell me who a bona fide guru is, and I will be I will take initiation from them. If anything happens, it's not my responsibility as a disciple, it's the responsibility of the GBC. That's that's what's happening. And that's incorrect. As a disciple, you should be looking at your uh, the, the prospective guru and uh, through Shastra understanding what is the uh, what is the characteristics of a bona fide guru and up on that alone you should be taking initiation not because someone says that this person is an iskon guru right well these are the kinds of things that we need to be taught um, in the iskon disciple course <laughs> which is not I'm sorry taught. that the course is the course is a joke the course is a joke we had fun we did have fun because I was challenging, I was challenging it the whole time. The quote, propod quote after propod, letter after letter after letter after letter, not quoting the books, only the letters, and ma making this kind of whole. Uh, okay, we're gonna, I'll be have our allegiance to Iskon, the you know, and like and, and make not, a whole doctrine out of it. Like not actually focusing on what Prabhupada, Srila Prabhupada gave in the actual books that he wanted us to read. Like all the things that he said about bona fide gurus, about what it means to be a disciple, what it means to be a guru, that's overlooked and it's just focused on the letters, which are personal um, interactions between Srila Prabhupada and his disciples that are not always applicable to, to everybody in the whole society, you know, for many, many years to come. Yes, they can give us an insight and, and a really valuable kind of, you know, messages, but it's, it, we have to, you know, in his, you're, you're a historian in history, they go through, okay, what are reliable sources and what are, uh, you know, the quality of sources, like things that are written, like books and things like that, that they're much higher quality source than discussions or conversations or pictures or, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. Mm. So, you know, I don't believe that the letters were supposed to be used as law or like this is what you need to follow because Srila Prabhupada said it to this one disciple who was having, uh, you know, some some issue that Prabhupada individually <coughs> gave him or her uh, a personal, um, what's it called, you know, solution for that pro individual problem. Mm. We have to look at what Srila Prabhupada actually wanted, which is in his books. That's what he wanted us to focus on. Yeah. I believe. Can we look at some of the comments. If guru is chosen by disciple and disciple is chosen by guru without interference by GBC, then only the two individuals involved in that interpersonal spiritual relationship can blame each other if one or other later has problems. Of course, the leaders of ISKCON have a right to enforce strict membership standards on members, but not to micromanage the members' interpersonal spiritual relationships. It is an infringement on members' Shastric rights to impose 
unshastric laws and restrictions on them. Each individual has a spiritual right to choose his or her guru and his or her disciple. Yeah, we're putting the power back to the guru and their disciple. It should be their, it's their relationship. Yeah. Sorry, I'm getting a little fired up. <laughs> you're just waking up now, aren't you? I'm kind of cranky and tired. <laughs> Do you want to read some comments? Yeah, let's read some comments here. Okay. Um, <laughs> all your rounds chanted since 2007 are now Nama Bas. You gotta, you go, you gotta backpedal. You gotta um, make it up. Yeah, make up all those rounds. Yeah. There are devotees who joined in the 80s who are on their second or third guru. Yeah, I know a few of those. Uh, right, if a guru is, is qualified, a disciple is qualified, a transcendent relationship is established. Guru brokership is completely opposite-dantic. Yes, and we, agreed. And we see, actually, you know, people who are aspiring for certain gurus who may not be... Um, allowed yet or you know before before they allowed uh female gurus you know any rights those people were waiting they were just waiting they were like i'm still this relationship is still going on guru and disciple relationship we're just waiting for it to be recognized by iskon right it's not that taking away that that ability is going to stop people from their faith being put in someone who they deem as um, a qualified guru. Mm. But for some people, they will be off put by that. And people yeah. who are newer, people who, you know, they feel like, oh, I well, I really feel inspired by this person, but I'm not allowed to take initiation. I really want to take initiation or I really want to do deity worship or I really, you know, or I don't want to be treated as an outsider with a non-devotee name or something, you know, like, there's always some devotee who has been around for years and years and years and hasn't gotten initiated. And, you know, sometimes they're not treated in a way that's just because they don't have a devotee name, they're not treated the same as other devotees, which obviously is wrong. But yeah, I mean, it shouldn't be that this is blocking people from being able to take initiation, which is yeah. meant to be the beginning of their spiritual life. Guys, are really going to do this whole thing without addressing the elf in the room, i.e., using the talking points from the GBC? For or against what they want you talking about. What does that mean? What do they want us talking about? Sita Buddy, this is not a psyop. Right, this is my point. In this contemples, if you're a pujari, you have to put your guru's picture on the altar. If your guru has fallen down, who do they put on the altar? Are they still allowed to go on the altar? Do they have to get reinitiated? Well, uh, yeah, I mean. Srila Prabhupada is always going to be there to be our preeminent Shiksha Guru. So if it doesn't matter what happens to your Guru, Prabhupada's always going to be there. It's getting more and more leaning towards the Ritvik philosophy <laughs> these days, which is, I mean... Like I said, 
I sympathize. Ritvik sympathizer over here. In in a sense, I in mean, like sense, I have no, no, no issues with my own guru. I I I love my guru to uh, to you know to death, absolutely. But you understand why people have issues. Yeah, I'm not having any guru issues personally, but I'm just saying I've seen all of it, and and I sympathize with the thoughts of, oh, like you know, my guru is you know this happened, that happened, or guru people falling down and this and that, and so. We always have Srila Prabhupada to to um, mm. be our our guide. But but again, just you know, there were people during Srila Prabhupada's time who also left the movement. Who you know, they met Srila Prabhupada and they still left. So you know, what I'm saying is that just because Srila Prabhupada was there, Srila Prabhupada was there physically, and they they still didn't have enough faith to join or to stay around so my point is that if Srila Prabhupada wasn't enough for them at that time physically being present it's not about the guru it's about the disciple right yeah yeah that's a whole nother topic I mean where everyone's talking about bona fide guru bona fide guru what about bona fide disciple and you'll see like you know like we said about people are on their second or third guru what's made those people stay stick around all these years after with disappointment after disappointment after disappointment it's because they truly believe that krishna consciousness is what they want they want to practice krishna consciousness in their life by hook or by crook and they're going to like you know find a way to do it even even if they're disappointed and if someone wants to if someone wants to put all their faith in Srila Prabhupada, who are we to say they can't what were we to say that? That's fine. But it's when it's when that's misused, I think, and like the baby's thrown out with the bathwater kind of thing. Mm. Devotional service of the Lord that ignores the authorized Vedic literatures like the Upanishads, Puranas, and Archipendra. Simply unnecessary disturbance in society. Yes. Well, if we ignore the Shastras, that's what happens. Uh, okay. A devotee must have only one initiating spiritual master because in the scriptures, acceptance of more than one is always forbidden. There's no limit, however, to the number of instructing spiritual masters one may accept. Okay, here's David Madhava. David Madhava, we're going to call you later. The only remaining influence the GPC has in the devotees' lives is this perceived one, that they validate guru-disciple relationship. The only way to undo this is to stop giving them that deference. They will never cede it voluntarily well this this goes into the point that we were talking about we were talking with my parents about this um you know like in 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 the um in england when with politicians like you'll have a member of parliament who is you know it, maybe it's the same here they have they represent a certain constituency and they're voted for by the people and then that those people obviously they go to parliament and they you know vote on certain things and everyone can see what they voted, who voted for what. And, you know, then they come back to their constituency and they'd be like, why did you vote for that? We, you know, we, we, we got you in position. We because, support you because. Because of, because we wanted this or whatever. Anyway, it puts the kind of power in, in the hands of the people in the sense that they can then choose, okay, we're not going to vote for this person again. We're going to vote for someone who represents our views more. So why is it that, um, we don't know how these um, decisions are being made in the GBC. Like we should, as the society of Krishna consciousness, uh, ISKCON, 
society, we should be able to have influence because we are the greater number over the decisions that are being made that directly affect us. Yeah. And we should be, and there should be, um, like, sorry, there should be, um, transparency about the whole process of voting for certain things to go ahead and what is right or what is wrong. And the people who are on the GBC, it should be voted for, not just, Oh yeah, this is a good, he, he, he or she is a good person. They can be on, or they're my friend. They can be on, or their guru with lots of disciples. They have a lot of influence. They should be on the, the GBC panel too. Like, it, you know, it makes it very much like where, where is this, um mindset coming from like where it's not it's not coming from the people on the ground like local yeah. communities if we're all like uh what's this where <laughs> this is not what we believe and if and if the on these articles that come out they should have names on there who's making these news staff that's what who it's written by yeah but like the the statements that are coming from the gbc should have right. names on it we should know who is who are the devotees behind this so we can they can take responsibility and answer questions. If some of us have some of us have questions about this whole initiation thing, oh, two thousand after after two thousand seven, it's been valid and all this. Like, I can I can actually go to a person and ask them, someone who vo who voted for this or created this. Like, hey, could you explain this because this is not in our books. So, like, not in a not in a way that like, oh, I just want to bring everybody down, but like, a genuine human interaction instead of the GBC as a homogenous entity conglomerate has just put out something. I don't know who's behind that. Also. Yeah. I mean, we're a personal, we're meant to be personalists. Yeah. Right? Not impersonalists. And it's a very impersonal way. You just put out a statement and nobody his name is tagged to it. And there's no way of kind of like having access to the GBC for regular people um, apart from their local GBC and local GBCs don't even necessarily have power to you know um change anything so it just seems like i i feel like we're moving further and further away from a person personal relationships in our society whereas like what works best is people you know people over projects like how are we going to keep iscon uh worldwide going if we don't care about the people themselves like what about all these people who have been initiated after? I mean, first of all, all the disciples, anyone who feels that, okay, my guru is not in good standing anymore, that in itself is devastating for someone who had full faith in a guru and they did something or they lost faith for some reason. That's devastating for someone's spiritual life. How about we think first how to support that devotee in their Krishna consciousness, not okay, you're an outsider now because your guru fell down. So work on it and like find someone else like this. Otherwise you can't do your services and things like that. Yeah. Like, how do you think that person feels? Like, I feel abandoned. I feel left out by society. Like, or, or a friend of ours was telling us that their spouse wanted to get initiated by a female Diksha guru and everything was ready to go. And then this thing came out that now females can't. The plug. They just pulled a plug on the knee. So the, what's going to happen to that devotee? They're just like, uh... Left hanging. So there's no Shastrik rationale for guru by vote. End guru by vote now. Give devotees back their Shastrik right of free choice. 
Gorkesha Prabhu makes some good points. I'm just reading from some messages he sent me. Let's talk to some people. Let's talk to Deva Madhava. Oh, um, this is a something that someone said. What is the purpose of this podcast? Sorry if you answered this question in the beginning and I missed it because I joined a few minutes later. Hare Krishna. Tulsi, go for it. <laughs> We're just discussing um, this uh, recent letter sent out by the GBC um, about the disciples of Anardesha Vapu Das um, who have been... Um, told that if they got initiated after 2007 that their initiation is null null and void within ISKCON so they're strongly recommended to take initiation from a good standing ISKCON guru and we're just saying um complaining about that how it's it shouldn't be on the disciple or you know kicking the disciple out when it's the guru who's in question whose character's in question and no and also that it, the, also, that the, the larger GBC ha shouldn't have control over people's guru, the guru and disciple, disciple relationship. relationship. Right. We're in tune. Okay, Deva Madhava, coming at you. It's people over projects. Howdy, home. Hey. Howdy, Paul. Deva Madhava, the goat. My pronouns. Pronouns. How are you? Awesome to be hearing you both. Okay, I'm gonna not watch my screen because. Oh yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta turn that off or <laughs> muted uh, or just turn the volume down or something. Okay, we're in. Okay. Tell First off, my my deep appreciation to both of you. It's so refreshing to hear these ideas so clearly spoken in the face of these absurdities. It's it's a real relief and. If we're patient, the truth will win. Thank you. Thank you so much. We we feel your uh, kindred spirit. Okay. So, um, what do you? What was your reaction when you read that uh, that article? I mean, it, specifically what we were highlighting. Yeah, you guys have already echoed really the um, the fundamental points of concern but to not repeat um one thing that i just found absurd was how the cpo uh registered and and concluded their case against um bvp in 2000 but it was 2007 that the gbc finally acted on it mm. and decided to uh, restrict him from initiating and so then suddenly is when his uh, initiates become invalidated. Right, right. Not, not, the, not the actual misbehavior that anyone right. who's paying attention would question as to whether or not he belongs as a spiritual guide, but only when this bureaucratic body suddenly wakes up to it seven years later and realizes, oh, we look like fools. Maybe we should say something about this. Then suddenly everybody should pay attention to it. And so it just points to the, the level of entitlement that the GBC feels towards the, the spiritual health of the Sangha and the degree to which they've overstepped their actual natural position, the, the way in which they're meant to support the Sangha, they've totally now thought that they supplant the Parampara. They're just like thinking they are the Parampara. And the 2007, that's when things are invalidated, never mind that in 2000. 
this is when we found out and, and realized with substantial evidence that this person was not behaving in good standing or good faith. Yeah, it's a good point. And even if there was some question of whether they were in good standing without necessarily concluding the case, things should have been put on pause. Like, you know, if there was some CPO case ongoing, people shouldn't have been taking initiation during that time until they had come to the conclusion. I mean, I don't know how long the case was ongoing, but, you know, I know it takes time sometimes to gather evidence and all that kind of stuff. So, you know. No, but they, yes. no, but it, 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 if they want to take initiation from someone, they should be able to. Yeah, I mean, if you know all that and you still want to take initiation from someone, yeah, that's totally I, on you. Yeah, that's on the, that's on the disciples. And too. there are still disciples who follow him, and and that's I, totally. I think Tulsi's, Tulsi's point there is that even within the the confines of ISKCON's misappropriated like management, they're still not even managing well. Mm. Mm. Like, even if you want to take their system as something useful something designed to protect and, and in good faith make sure that people are not taking shelter people they shouldn't, then still they've messed that up royally for decades. Mm. And, and, and Tulsi, I think, is pointing to that. Right. right. And, and we agree that, that you should be able to say that you shouldn't or should take initiation from any given person. But if you think that that's your responsibility, then at least do it well. And they haven't even done that. And in fact, what they've done is give people uh, a cover uh, a, a, a rubber stamp a, a substantiation that they don't deserve and so many people have gotten into relationships that they later regret because of the good faith that they wrongly give towards mm. ISKCON mm. right yeah exactly without doing their own due diligence so so there's two guru, you know. there's two extremes not extremes but spectrum like there's the side that's okay fully uh, fully freedom in Guru disciple relationship, there should be no interference. Yeah. And then there's the side that's okay, we're gonna we're gonna really put a box around this, protect it, protect our members, which I understand is in good faith of the leadership. Is there a middle section? I don't know. A midpoint. I, I think of the Mahabharat. <laughs> there's, this, there's this awesome part in the Mahabharat where Punky Devi, she challenges Krishna. She's like, if you love my son so much, how could you let all of these awful things happen to them? And Krishna's reply, instead of denying that any of it was bad or that he, he didn't allow it, he said, great men love extremes, either extreme suffering or extreme joy. And they, um, they abhor uh, neutrality. So, Personally, I have no interest in some kind of happy medium. I think that the the problems that the, um, the in good faith bureaucracy tries to prevent, not only does it not prevent them, as we just pointed out, but it also facilitates all of the problems that it's supposed to prevent. All in the name of preventing them, it's actually perpetuating them. Whereas on the side of letting Parampara be its own um, protection, as was for eternity before the last 120 years when Gaudi Vaishnavism came in touch with the modern world, the, the problems that are there in a natural system of Parampara are natural. And as you guys have pointed out nicely already, puts the responsibility back in the lap of the disciple to have to be introspective when things go wrong. Yeah. 
and and when things go wrong that it's up to the disciple to examine their own heart as to why they took shelter of someone that they shouldn't have why they believe things that were ultimately destructive for their bhakti but right now iskon invites everybody to think that the the institution can be krishna conscious for the individual and the individual just has to sign some kind of pledge of allegiance or like terms of agreement like the disciples courses as you've pointed out already yeah and and once you've signed the Pledge of Allegiance, the Terms of Agreement, then you're entitled to all the benefits of being a part of the, the group, the corporation. Uh, and, of course, that's not how spiritual life works. So I don't see some kind of happy medium. Aside from, here's, here's where it does play out. If Iskan, the Krishna says he warns not to do others' duty. And he says that twice in the Gita. It's one of the few things he repeats. Yeah. So right now, Iskan is busy trying to involve itself in the guru-disciple relationship instead of being very diligent about making sure that its temples are managed by competent, both spiritually and materially competent people. Because if the temples were managed well, then any kind of upstart, unscrupulous guru who is gaining some kind of charismatic following would be nipped in the bud by local temple presidents who make sure that those disciples and those gurus don't have standing in the institution. Right. Wow, good well, point. You don't need the GBC to say anything. You just need the temple president to say, yeah, you can give class anywhere, but you can't give class at my Sunday feast. Right, right. right. And yeah. It puts the power back in the, in the temple president's hands. It makes the temple president a meaningful part of the congregation. Again, not just somebody that pays the bills and make sure that there's fresh flowers on the deities. Mm. Now suddenly the temple president has to be invested in all the spiritual lives of all their congregants, making sure that everybody's like on the straight and narrow. And when they're not, they have to be proactive about helping the person get back on track. None of that happens at present. All you have to do is know, are they a disciple of so-and-so for how many years? Then yes, never mind all the obvious signs that they're not following. We need a pujari throw them up there. Mm. Great point. Yeah, we um, we were talking earlier about the purpose of the GBC that they shouldn't, they're not supposed to be a spiritual guiding body. Was that correct? Yeah, it's they're a supposed managerial to be managerial. Authority. But the way that we treat them is like they're the be all and end all. They make all the decisions about everything, spiritual, uh, practical, financial all those kinds of things. Whereas we need to start to separate those two things that the spiritual <laughs> should be completely different. The gurus should be able to be gurus and in whatever way they need to and inspire their disciples and temple temples should be able to run, you know, independently and with um, their own autonomy in, in the sense of, yeah, like you said, who can be there, who can come there, who can, who can uh, inspire their congregation because ultimately every community is different. Every community have, has different needs, has different uh, desires and different way, different characters who are a part of it. So there should be, you know, often these days what we're seeing is that the GBC really doesn't know the community at all. They're just kind of often, and I'm not saying all the time, but often they're assigned a community like, Oh, this, these guys need a GBC to represent them. And they'll come a few times a year. How's everything going? Make sure yep. the temple's not burning down exactly. and off yeah, they go. No one's fighting too much. No, no felonies are being committed overtly. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. No one's making a bad name for ISKCON in this the temple. Then, the book score is yeah, good. Bad name means, means committing a felony. No right. one's committing a felony. Right. <laughs> 
Yeah. So misdemeanors I, I, are fine, but no felonies. <laughs> <laughs> Immigration uh, fraud is fine, but no felonies. <laughs> well, Dave Madva, thank you for, for we we always appreciate your your point of view, and thanks for uh, chiming in there. Go Runga. Can Terrible. I can I add one little yeah like, go framing sure because um, a godbrother of mine advocate a very you know he's i i take him as a very intelligent and he's he's done a lot of service for a long time and he advocates this side of the institution having some control and he likens it to a a government that sanctions who can be a doctor who can be a lawyer who can be an accountant which living here in america and then having been in other countries we all know that that's valuable when the government involves itself on some level with like professional services mm. And I find that a very appropriate analogy for what ISKCON needs to be doing with its own leadership, i.e. the GBC, temple presidents, ministers, managers of all sorts. The institution should be as vigilant about that as they are, as governments are about who can be a doctor, who can be a lawyer, et cetera. But as soon as you enter into this guru-disciple adjudication, it's like what you have in China or you have in Russia and these other authoritarian countries, when they start telling them who can and who cannot have children, mm-hmm. as soon as you start telling mm. a, a family who can and who cannot get married, who can and who who cannot have children, how many children, what children, then immediately the whole social fabric of the country becomes corrupted, and and you see the dysfunction and like the the just gross impersonalism that those countries are are well known for especially within our philosophy, we malign it so much. And ironically, that's exactly what the GPC does by entering into this um, guru-disciple dynamic. They totally violate, they violate something sacred, something they're meant to be supporting. They get in there and they violate it. Right. That's great, great points. That's a really good point. Wow. And just, yeah, just that, I like that example because, yeah, using the example of China, now they're experiencing a severe um, population crisis because they have a extremely, yeah extremely aging population so transferring that to to our society because so many people are not being allowed to be gurus who would normally be supporting so many uh, people we're gonna yeah. you know i mean we are seeing it but it's going to become worse a crisis of sure. people are not able to get initiated and not able to you know um, progress in their spiritual life because they're being restricted in these ways and i don't even know there must be more issues that are going to come from that you know in the future or to come if this continues well i hadn't even drawn those two things together but that's such an excellent point yeah where are all the devotees and this is why because they haven't been able to take shelter of those they actually have faith in or those they, they were led to have faith and didn't deserve their shelter right and maybe they just maybe they just left you know some people they're like right some people they'll come in and be like wait like Women are not allowed to give initiation. Okay, I'm out. Uh, this is society is oh not for me. How many? How, yeah. All right, Krishna. <laughs> Jack. All right, David Madhava. Thank you. Thank you, Sadhus. Haribo. Haribo. I'm interested to to know if anyone like he, David Madhava, was talking about a friend who says that the society should have that kind of control. Is there anyone who? Is listening who also believes that i'd like to hear your point of view also that you you believe that the gbc should be appointing gurus uh and that it is 
um, it is okay and it's good that they're doing that. I'd like to um, I'd like to talk to someone who who believes like that. If you're listening, can we talk about this? Yeah, go ahead, press it. Take over. Here. Hey, Davy Kumari. Um, have you discussed the disciples course and requirement in relationship to this conversation? There's a note of institutionalization that this is definitely feeding this unhealthy management of overseeing spiritual inspiration. Right. So what you're referring to is that for someone to be initiated in ISKCON by an ISKCON guru, they need to have a ISKCON disciples course, uh, you know, certificate that they took the disciples course. And just on that point, we we were talking to someone earlier and they were saying that their family member was struggling to, I mean, because there's a, there's a test at the end of the course, which I think is so ridiculous. The course is meant to educate you and, you know, it should be about the, the role of a disciple, the role of a guru, what it means to be initiated, all that kind of stuff. But then there's a test at the end. So what if you're the kind of person who doesn't do well in testing situation, you know, maybe <laughs> learning, um, you know, learning difficulties of different kinds, or maybe you just, uh, you know, maybe you just don't want to take this kind of exam. Like what? So then you can't get initiated if you don't take the thing off. Like, I, I mean, I, I am sure there's, there's, there's valid reasons that someone will, they'll be like, okay, you don't have to take the test. Yeah. But I've heard, I've heard be, of, there will also be the other case where they're like, you you got to take the test. Again. Like it's a case by case basis. We're dealing with like humans at the temple. And, and if they understand that this person has a certain valid reason for not taking an exam, that well, we we're not going to use that against them. Oh, you know, this, you're never going to be able to be initiated or something. Yeah, we would hope that is the case. But yeah. there might be some, you know, sticklers to the rules who are like, no, you have to, yeah. you have to pass it. Agreed. And with the full understanding of the material that we've provided, even though it might not be correct. Because <laughs> right. I think we gave some funny answers. Not funny answers, but like, I think we knew what answer we were supposed to give. Oh, yeah. What was, that? what was that one? It was like, it was like why shouldn't you associate with, with anyone outside, with of, anyone ISCON. outside of ISKCON? And then You're like, we're like, so you can keep your position. <laughs> you can keep your cool office. You could um, not have people... Uh, talk behind your back Don't that you're that you're bogus or something outside of ISKCON. Otherwise, you can't take initiation, and you're not an ISKCON devotee. <clears throat> anyway, I don't want to bash the disciples' course too much. I did a lot of bashing already, but I appreciate the the like you know we're just trying to educate people to take yeah. initiation. That's cool. That's cool. But like the way you go about it is not to my liking. I just think it should be more of a open forum of like. You know, it shouldn't be like it was more like this are this is how it is. This is the law. And you know, this is gone law. So accept it and then you can get initiated. Not like this is what Srila Prabhupada says. Let's discuss how that how that affects us. What do we think about that? How does that, you know, do you understand what it means to be a disciple? Yeah. Like it just didn't seem like it was uh, you know, and maybe different courses are different. And you know, no, all, the, no. There's a there's like a well, general a standard, thing. What yeah. there's a standard. What yeah. everyone is supposed to teach. Yeah. And if you don't follow that standard, then they probably ask you not to teach it anymore. Right. Which we've heard of also. Yes. <laughs> um, to expect manners to be great spiritual guides and vice versa, setting people and organizations up for failure. I know about this very well. Yeah. 
they're two very different things. <laughs> hey, Matura, how are you? Can't these types of abuse of power happen at the temple level as well? Of course. Of course. Um, yeah. But which is why the, the people should be able to, you know, if people are feeling that a temple president is not representing them and not serving them well, and someone else who they do deem as more fit is putting themselves forward, there should be, um, you know, room for that. <laughs> Is, if aspirants from the Gaudiya can't take the course and be uplifted, it's not a good disciples course. Right. Yeah, you should feel inspired afterwards, right? You shouldn't feel like, oh, ISKCON is really like uh, red tape and... Um, <laughs> or that we only use letters to, to like quote, right. quote our Shastras or, or wait, not even that. It's no, we're just using letters. There was... I don't remember there being that much... Some people don't have a problem with letters. <laughs> yeah, they're different kinds of disciples, right? Some like I'll quote letters to to fulfill my my agendas. Yeah, cherry pick or whatever you like, can't you? But I think you know you have to follow the standard of we're the shastra is the ultimate, you know. Yeah, Guru Sadhu Shastra, right? Mm -hmm. You can't just take what the guru says. You have to do checks and balances and all that. Okay, Sitapati, incompetence is no longer sufficient to fully describe the situation. Low-level corruption and personal ambition has been a sufficient explanation until now, where we see a massive human society-wide implosion of faith in institutions. ISKCON got caught up in it. Yeah, I mean... They should have, a, they should have like... You know that meme where it's like a big button, it's like... Kali Yuga. <laughs> there's only one option. Yeah, there's only one option. Kali Yuga. Um, so just taking a turn, you know, what what are some things that maybe people could do on a local level to reduce the reach of the GBC or or support their um, community to see beyond what might be forced or seemingly forced because i see anyway in communities there are some communities who are who've decided to not register officially as iscon for that kind of purpose yeah there's a number of communities who yeah, yeah, yeah. are iscon all iscon devotees but their center or their temple they don't register it as iscon so that they don't have to be controlled by you know these kinds of decisions and they can do things you know, on their own. I think that our generation or, you know, the, the upcoming generations are leaning more that way, which in some ways is a shame that they feel they have to do that. But it's very understandable because it's like, we want to do what's right for our community. And if someone is going to come who doesn't know our community at all and try to impose rules that really don't make sense or don't support their faith and Krishna consciousness, Krishna consciousness of our people, we're going to do everything in our power to not allow that. Yeah. So how do we, how do we help devotees in communities who are, you know, registered as ISKCON to start to stand up and, um, yeah, I think things will only change if you start standing up against things that you don't think are right, which is why we are even doing well, this podcast. We're trying to just 
push back a little. Like, like for one thing, if I was if I was Narayani Mataji, and and I say this with like the utmost respect, I would. I know that she wants to follow the ISKCON laws because she's uh, it's her guru's uh, you know society, and she doesn't want to be maybe um, considered that she's not an official ISKCON guru. But I guess it's maybe a generational thing, also, right? Mm. Okay, I'm the pro gener that gender first generation. We have to follow everything to the law to be bona fide, et cetera, et cetera. But if I had people who wanted to take initiation from me and uh, and my god brothers and god sisters, all most of them said, you know, go for it, and this is, you know, this is good, this is good, you know, taking a lot of anugatya from your seniors, etc., god brothers, like um, taking uh, advice yes. and inspiration from your from your seniors and things, mm -hmm. then then. No matter what is Iskan says, I would, I would be, I would take, I would take on those disciples because, because it's it's like, and if you don't, because then people will go away, and and those people you'll lose those people as well, right? They, I, I I'm just I'm just saying that theoretically. I don't know if I, I if I would do that if I was in her position. I'm just saying well, that like, I, if you're not bona fide by Iskan, then. It's not even You're by Iskon. Iskon says you are bona fide. Bona fide. It's a GBC who are not following Iskon standards, which are set by Srila Prabhupada. They're not following. Right. So by Iskon standards, they are valid. You know. Right. You could. But you the could but the that. but the widespread thinking is that if you're not. Officially appointed, written as, officially yeah. appointed as a guru, then you're not considered a, an official guru. But there are, I mean, you know, maybe that, you don't see know that it. mindset that that whole paradigm has to be kind of shifted. Right. Well, again, it's and like, I don't know if in the, in our lifetime that will happen. There are actually cases that I've heard of of female diksha gurus who have given initiation under the radar. To their disciples without doing it officially one yeah. or two cases i've definitely heard of and i appreciate that because you know who yeah i appreciate that it, too I appreciate who knows too. when they would have gotten and some of them have passed away already like they would have never had that opportunity or get been able to give that uh guidance officially to their disciple who had so much faith in them Okay, but okay, I understand that. But then, if you take a little further, then those people usually will maybe stay on the periphery. But if they right. want to have some kind of position, of course, they want to go on yeah. the altar. They they're going to be questioned. Of course, who's your guru? Uh, when did he get initiated? Are you initiated? first initiated? Are you second initiated? Yeah, yeah I know. It, there's all kind of and if you the, know, network of problems that come from doing things secretly. But for some devotees, it's enough to just uh, it, you know, maybe they're in a remote community and that's you know fine for them. Maybe they're in charge of the community. Yeah. But I'm just saying for some people, that's been what they just took it into their own hands. And Let's read some more comments here. Mandating those standards, like taking said course in the general congregation and not holding leaders to high standards becomes an abuse of power. I thought the course was okay. I passed. I thought it was okay too. I passed I, too. <laughs> I didn't even need to take it. I was initiated long before, but I took it with her. Took it for fun. <laughs> I took it for fun to see what it was like. And I did have a fun time. I, mean, I had a good time. I had a mostly well. fun time challenging the instructors. And they. I think they were getting really upset with me. Like Not upset, but like, man, this guy's like annoying. 
um, like that sometimes. <laughs> oh, look at this. Not having female initiation gurus will keep me from ISKCON. Okay. Mm. Um, well, something I want to say about female Diksha gurus is also that it's not about that someone is female. And that's the only reason yeah. that they should be allowed to be a guru. Okay. I feel that if someone is bona fide, uh, if someone has the qualities and characteristics of a guru that's uh, that's written in Shastra, no matter if they have, if they're a woman or a man, or they a should eunuch. be, they should be able to be a guru. Doesn't matter about it's just it's about their qualification. It's about their qualification. It's not about their gender. Yeah. It's not about like equalizing things like oh we have so many men gurus we should have some women yeah. gurus too. It's not about that. If they're personally, not, that's what my opinion is. That it's not about that. If they are not qualified, they should not be a guru, whether they're man or woman. That's your point. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and and it doesn't necessarily mean that because there's more men gurus that there are an equal amount of women gurus who are qualified. There may be, but yeah, it's not like a social thing that, oh, we should have equal, you know, like how they say, oh, certain, certain um, jobs are predominantly male, like bricklayer or whatever like that. Mm -hmm. It's not that you can't have a female bricklayer, but generally it's not, you know, it doesn't happen. So there might be genu genuinely less uh, female um, bodied devotees who want to be a guru or who are qualified. I'm not saying there's not qualified qualified but you know just to bear that in mind as well and uh diane jackson thank you for your comment there uh also want to highlight what does it mean to be a part of iscon mm, that's always the question what does it mean to be a part of iscon someone i think there's a propod letter there we go with letters again uh i think there's a propod statement somewhere that said iscon is wherever you are chanting like, what does membership of ISKCON mean? I don't have a card that says I am a member of ISKCON. Yeah. So you have to understand for yourself what does it mean to be a part of ISKCON. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that not having female gurus should keep you from ISKCON. I think there's there's room for everybody. And, of course, it's a, it's a unfortunate thing at the moment. But... Um, you can still chant, you can still read the books, you can still visit the temples, and you're a part of ISKCON, in my eyes. Yeah, that's a good point. I like that one. After I saw the Disciple Course, I felt less inspired to take initiation because of the way it was, even though I wholeheartedly wanted to be a disciple of my guru. Mm. Interesting. Oh, because of the way it, it was, was. Yeah. even though I wholeheartedly want. Mm. I, I've, I've, I've heard people say that, too. Yeah. I yeah I've heard people who really wanted to take initiation then they took the course and they were like I have so many questions like if this is the case like I don't know if I fully understand the whole process of initiation I think one of the things was like we did a drama where it was uh, a guru came to the temple and was like they were not a bona fide guru no 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 they were bona fide guru but they were saying like to the disciple who was serving in the temple he was like well you need to follow what i say and not what the temple president right. says and then the temple president was getting bent out of shape because the guru came in and just like usurped the instructional power, power or whatever right. it was like a really interesting it was like a parody on real life <laughs> i mean some of the things were great oh, and i'm backpedaling now because i was so fired up before sorry <laughs> i'm not gonna backpedal i uh yeah okay um 
there can be no revolution without oppression from Yuga Dharma. Thanks, Prabhu. Thank you for speaking out. Hey, Hitesh. Uh, if, if this does happen, will and should a solution and or alternative be provided or is it out of the jurisdiction? I'm with Deva Madhava. He said, no. Hard line, no. Don't get in between the guru-disciple relationship. I, I assume that's what you're referring to. So true about our generation not wanting to be officially registered to see. Oh, uh, you mean like an official temple? Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I would say that's a failure on the GBC's part. That why why are people feeling that's even a need? People should be like, yes, we want to put our name as being registered and and being affiliated with ISKCON. But you know, why are we not? I feel like it's an Indian thing. Well, yes, that's a cultural, it's a cultural, it's thing. a cultural thing. Like want to be bona fide, want to be part of the, the, the pack. We want to like, yeah, not just Indian. Like, there are other cultures check. who strongly, I know, but from an Indian person, I'm right. speaking from my, I mean, I'm not exactly Indian also <laughs> more American than Indian, to be honest. Right. Okay, I do feel that some form of guidance from the GBC on who can be initiating guru is necessary in today's age and age as opposed to the 1700s. The check and balance is important, but it cannot happen the way it's happening right now. It's your Matura, it's one or the other. I don't think there is a middle way. There needs to be checks and balances for the GBCs too. Yeah, agreed. Do we vote on the GBC? No, I never voted for anybody. Well, I just think there needs to be a total overhaul in the way that we see it because right now it's like, okay, get the uh, um, catalog out. Which guru do you want? These are the uh, these are these are the qualities of this guru. They're good. They're a good singer. They give really good Bhagavatam classes. If you like that kind of thing, go for that guru. This guru, go for that. Like you know, like it's like there. There are all these people who are like, you know, rubber stamped. And you could choose out of them, but not that you have to put your own effort into like, hey, this devotee came and I really loved what they said. I felt inspired after he. They're not bona fide guru. Oh, they're not. Okay. They're not. They're not said. They can't be a guru. No. So I'm not even gonna think about. Don't think about it. Trying to take initiation from them. Open the catalog up again. Okay. Pick from there. Find the right one from the options. Yeah, from the options. Yeah, what so are the options? As my son says, what are the options? <laughs> so my whole point is this whole idea of as disciples, how we find gurus, how we approach the process of taking initiation, that needs to be changed. That needs to be, people need to be educated on that yeah. from a young age or from as soon as they join ISKCON. It's like, you can get initiated by whoever you want. The point is making the step, making the step to connect yourself with our parampara and getting the mercy from our parampara by someone who you feel like this person cares about my spiritual life and they make me feel like I want to be a devotee personally. Look up what it means to be a bona, what is a bona fide guru? It says it all over the Shastras. What is it to be a bona fide disciple? What are the characteristics of a bona fide guru? Based upon those things you read in Srila Prabhupada's books, then choose a guru. And there is a process where not just you as a disciple have to qualify yourself okay one year six months chanting but you also have to observe the guru 
for that time. It's not just one way, it's two ways. You observe the guru, you observe how they're acting, how they're behaving, and based upon that, you take initiation. It's not just one way. But, but not to say that the GBC can't give guidance on how to do that process. Maybe that's what you mean, Matura, like, you know, give you guidance on how to find a guru and how to, you know, I mean, they do do that somewhat in the course. Like, what are you looking for? What qualities are you looking for in a guru? Like, what are the kinds of things you should be aware of? What a guru is supposed to be and do for you and what you are supposed to be. I mean, they, I don't feel like they did so much about being a disciple, right? Um, or did they? I can't remember. What do you mean? Like how you're supposed to be as a disciple. On the disciples course? Yeah. Uh, I think there was some of that, but... But maybe, yeah, maybe that's, you know, something that the GBC can support is like... Right. Can I just say something? Of course. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Um, I heard this point once that, you know, when you go to university, most universities, they're like, okay, you, you could go there, you learn your course, the material, and then you get a degree at the end. But places that are like Oxford, Cambridge, they don't just, you know, it doesn't matter so much what course you take there because they're teach, they teach you how to think how to, you know, use your mind. They teach you how to think, not what to think. Right. It's like how to use your mind in a certain way, in an academic way, and, and how to, you know, qualify things, how to uh, dissect uh, ideas. And, like, that should be what we're learning as devotees. Not this is what you should think, and at the end... Don't do that. <laughs> sorry. At the end, you get, uh, you know, you get your... Uh, yeah. past mark and and now you can choose whatever guru it should be like how do we how should we think as devotees like because then there would be no problem because people would be have, able the to, have the sufficient tools to be able to right and be able to see right from wrong like this person is not acting as a guru just because they're rubber stamped as a iskon initiating guru i can see with my own intelligence I don't appreciate and I don't um, uh, agree with how they're behaving. So I'm going to stay away from that guru or whatever, like, you know. Right. Just to give an example. Let's look at more comments here. Um, the Kirtan course left Raghis in our temple. You mean disciple course? Um, if Narayani Mataji isn't qualified, no one is. Uh, this gets into discussion qualifications of disciple, so not everyone is going back this time. Madhyam gurus have their place for trending mm. Madhyam disciples. Yep. True. Yep. I don't feel the GVs should be in control of who is able to give initiation, but I do feel that ideally they would have the wherewithal and energy required to be aware of sanghas as they occur and go naturally have a healthy relationship with them. I envision more of a role of observing such sanghas and having a very grassroots approach of monitoring, monitoring such growth with love, appreciation, and perhaps guidance mm. if it was evidently necessary. I remember reading Srila Prabhupada's uh, description. It's too long of a comment, Prabhuji. Um, yeah, but I, I, I think that's more leaning on the point that we were saying that the GBC should not be their managerial body. I mean, I guess it's kind of both. That That sounds more like a spiritual guidance body, which is very important too. And I think that is should be either the GBC should be just that or the GBC should be the managerial thing that are, are you know, more technical and, and 
you know, focused on managing. That's a whole other subject. A little, Yogi Nataraj Prabhu, Haribo, lack of training at every level, I feel, is the main cause of all these issues. If proper spiritual, as well as proper training with tools and resources given, everyone can do well. Totally agreed, Prabhu. Uh, total breakdown in communication between leadership and the community. That's right. This one is past its expir expiration date. John V. Harrison, Lee, education, education, education. Correct. Rubber stamping gurus is a huge liability anyway. Stamping the wrong one means the GBC has to make decisions on how to handle it when they fall. This leads to a whole mess, covering up, making it right. Those are only things the GBC has to handle because they take on that responsibility. So true. Right, let people do their own thing. Product recall. This guru has been found to be contaminated. <laughs> like that. Um, you can return your guru and swap one for another free of charge. These are just funny comments for the rubber stamping of gurus. One is empowering. One is culty. Learning to think 100%. Yes, learning to think. I agree, Tulsa, but all university education is meant to train you in critical thinking. The mm -hmm. difference in Oxford and Cambridge is their system of predominantly one-to-one -one tutoring, which obviously has exponentially better results. Imagine everyone had one-to-one -one coaching ban, ban mentoring in this regard. Mm. Do you mean band mentoring? And mentoring. Coaching and mentoring. Oh, oh, got it, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, critical thinking. You'll be a guru, you'll be a guru, you'll be a guru. You'll be a guru. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's great that all university education is meant to do that, but there are definitely better universities that care more about that than others. So, yeah, a good point. Janavi. She grew in his grace. A good read on this topic. Yes, yes. <laughs> if you haven't heard anything from this podcast, I urge you, get this book and read it. It will teach you everything about Guru Tattva. It's by Srila Prabhupada's godbrother, uh, Srila B.R. Sridhar Maharaj. It is a compilation of a conversation he had with ISKCON devotees answering their questions after the disappearance of Srila Prabhupada around Guru Tattva. It is really a great book. It's a small book. It's probably 150 pages. It has some really great gems in there. All right, I think we talked this thing to death. What do you think? Yeah, I hear a lot of commotion in the next room. <laughs> I think someone's awake. Okay, well, um, Tulsa, thanks for um, always conversing with me. Why have to make faces and stuff? Just be normal. <laughs> I don't know what your idea of normal is. There's no such thing as normal. Okay, well, thanks everyone for joining uh, on your Friday night and listening to us. We had about 60 people watching. We have to do something. Appreciate as the, all your points because, yeah, yeah it yeah, really yeah. helps. You know, we're also just working through these things ourselves. And like he said at the beginning, you know, yes, it can, might come off as bashing the GBC and everything, but, you know, we genuinely My care. My guru is a GBC. We genuinely care about our movement, about Srila Prabhupada's movement, and we want to make things better. And obviously we see that as generations change, the things that would pass previously are not acceptable anymore to us. And the way that our experience of Christian consciousness is different from previous generations. And it seems that, uh, you know, for us, our generation is not so represented within the GBC. And I think that's where a lot of problems lie. Um, 
That's not exactly true because there's the Sabah. The Sabah is like we yeah. know people. On yeah, the yeah, but I but do they have um, power to sway? I decisions? do feel like the Sabah is like oh the GBC is saying something. like give them something and <laughs> let them be quiet, like let them do their own thing. But when it comes to actually making decisions. We're the ones that are like are the Sabah sitting in the room and saying, actually, for our generation, this is this is going to be uh, there's going to be an uproar. Yeah, that'd be a good question to find out. Um, and 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 why are all these kind of um, decisions made in in silos? Like we don't know anything about silos? what happens. Yeah, it's a term. Really? What, yeah, the, that thing that they hold corn in. Oh my God, we have, we we have this conversation all the time. Things that I say that you don't even know what we're talking about. Is it about. because you, you can't have secret conversation amongst the corn? Looking it up. Uh, an, an underground, underground chamber in which a guide missile is kept for firing. Uh, okay, isolation. a system process department that operates in isolation okay. from others. All right, you got it. Come on. <laughs> so, what's the conclusion here? Conclusion is temples should have, well, okay, going back, gurus and disciples should have a personal relationship that is not brokered, brokered or, or governed, governed by, by anyone. anyone else. Yes. Whether that's a positive thing or a negative thing, you can't stop the flow of someone's faith. If they have faith in someone and all guidance is given, people warn them, whatever. It's up to them to take the risk to follow that person. And if you don't let people do that, it's like a dictatorship kind of thing. And temples should have control over their own communities in the sense of, you know, who can come there, who can speak, who can have power and authority over their temple. And the people should have power over who represents them, either in the GBC, either as a temple president. You know, there should be open forums for choosing those kinds of things. That way you get a true representation of each community. You get um, fairness and everyone's happy pretty much. You said it really well. Thanks. Um, Any final points? Uh, Dundavats.com, your domain has expired. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm gonna is grab it, it. if is you it don't grab org? it I'm gonna grab it and it's gonna be the late morning program now. is it is it dot org no it's dot com dundavats.com oh man you should just get it and then just continue oh. posting as normal just completely troll them because <laughs> they never share my stuff <laughs> dundavats.com their domain has expired today click here to renew it oh my gosh you saw it here <laughs> yeah well anyway <sighs> I have, a, I have an issue with dandavats.com. Anyways, um, okay, Hare Krishna, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Hunter <laughs> grabbing it. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Us rant and rave about uh, things we find to be issues and of concerns. And as always, uh, let's keep the comments um, respectful. Respectful. Everyone's trying the best they can, uh, but that doesn't mean that. You can't take responsibility. We, everyone has to take responsibility. Hare and Krishna. Have difficult conversations with each other. Yes. Hare Bull. Hare Bull, everyone. <laughs>